0: And a good nerve Shabbos, a of Hanukkah. Yes. Okay, let us, uh, let's get going. So tonight I want to shift over to uh, Inyonei Hanukkah. You know, we've been going through various chapters in Prakim in Bovavi. And this evening I would like to go through one of his ma'amarim, one of his um, discourses that have been translated into English. I found it on the, on Bovavi.net in English, and I think it's worthwhile for us to go through together um, and we'll we'll learn it through maybe just for for um, uh, to, to keep it easy and uh, make it easier for the island that is watching on zoom I'm going to share my screen and and we'll go through it in English so um, we'll, we'll learn it through one second start broadcast. Let me know if it doesn't work. Okay, it says I'm sharing my screen. Can everybody see my screen? Yay, nay? Um, uh, yes, but not. there's not much there right now. Not much there right now. Stay unmuted. What about now? Can you see this? Yeah, you, all good. It says the light of Hanukkah? Yes. Yeah. Okay so let's go through this and and uh, we'll learn it together we'll we'll read it through learn it together in English and I'll, I'll keep it up on the screen for people to watch to to look at as as we read and for those who are uh, calling in just uh just be aware that usually we're reading it through in the words of Bavavi in Hebrew now we're just going to be doing it in English in general Hebrew's better because just the languages don't always overlap, but for, for the sake of this evening, let's do it, let's do it this way. So the, the Mimer, the uh, the um, message and the Drusha of Bobavi specifically on this, he entitles Experiencing Chanukah." How do we tonight's the first night of Hanukkah? How do we how do we experience Hanukkah? So specifically he wants to focus on the light of Hanukkah. So let us learn here about Hanukkah in a way that is not just about something we go through, but something that can really affect us experientially. All of the festivals contain R. This is something that we've uh, gone through with other Yom Tavim, and we learned this uh, in the first Helik of Bovavi, that really we are the R ar of the Rabban Yisraelim, and specifically on Yom Tavim, on holidays, every Yom Tov contains a unique light, A unique spiritual light. But Hanukkah seems in particular to be all about light. That's what it is. Hanukkah is art, right? That's what it is. It's art. In the other festivals, the light is spiritual. There's a art, there's a light that's been here since Maizah it's all of creation. But on Hanukkah, although the light is spiritual, it manifests itself in a physical light that we empower Somehow, our lighting of the eight lights on Hanukkah empowers the spiritual light to manifest itself as a physical light. Because that's what we're doing, we're lighting a physical light. So, somehow, on Hanukkah, listen closely, this is precious what he's saying. In general, every umtiv has a spiritual light, but we physically go and light the candle, allowing that physical light, that spiritual light, to manifest itself physically. The lights of Hanukkah seem to be lit with a wick and oil, but the inner way to understand the, the lights of the menorah is that the light revealed during Hanukkah is what's lighting the wick. What's really lighting the wick? The R of Hanukkah. The wicks, the oil and flame that we see are merely the garments that clothe the R, the light of Hanukkah. Of course, we're actively lighting it, and it looks like the light is coming from the person, but in really, the light is the spiritual light of Hanukkah, which is shining through a physical wick. And, and this is the depth behind the, the halakha what says, that it's forbidden to benefit from the Hanukkah. Why can't you benefit from Hanukkah? He says, you know why? Because you're not allowed to use spirituality, something that's hectic, something that belongs to the base HaMikdash, you're not allowed to use personally, for this world. And when we light the Minaira, A spiritual light emerges. From the hidden realm of the spiritual light. And our physical eyes see a candle. But our nishama sees a spiritual light. And I want to tell you something incredible. The. Um, the Arizal. Writes. And it's brought down in a number of different forms. Not just from the Arizal. That there were times where people had issues with their eyesight. And the tzaddik that they went to would just guide them to spend time by the menorah, Spend time near the menorah, benefiting from the light, obviously with the shamish, looking at the aur, looking at the true hidden light that's usually revealed and that has powers of refuah. It has powers of healing because a spiritual state is, is, a, is a perfect state. So it allows a person's physicality to become, uh, to become perfect again. But th- this is the depth why you can't benefit personally from the minairah. Because you can't use spiritual spirituality for your personal benefit. Which means our eyes see a candle, but our neshama sees the light inside of it. Although our neshama sees spirituality in things, one needs to have a revelation of his soul, in order for the soul to see spirituality. So Bavavi is saying like this, I'm telling you, that the light of the Menorah is really a spiritual light manifesting itself in a physical way. But I want to tell you something else. Even though your neshama could see things spiritually, your neshama has to be revealed in order for your neshama to work and see that spirituality. With our physical, with our physical eyes, we just see burning candles. And therefore, we need to actually connect our neshama to the hidden light that's revealed on Hanukkah. So let's get into this. How do we do this? How do we, we're standing there, we're lighting the candles. How do we connect our neshama to the spirituality of this this hidden light? So seeing the lights from our neshamas. The neshama is described as ner Hashem, the flame of Hashem, nishmas adam, is the neshama of a person? Our is a flame of Asha. A ner, a flame, is composed of a container holding the oil and the fire. So you have the container, the oil, the fire. Our is called the fire. Our neshama is the flame. Our is the light, but the kli, what's holding the fire. That holds our neshama is our body. You hear this is incredible. It's mamish incredible. The same way you have a candle that's housing the flame. The same way you have a candle that's housing a flame, mamish. So too, and then the the you, you see the wax, you see the oil, and the flames above it. That's how we. That's how we exist and how we have to view others. The neshama is a flame. The goof is the wax. The guf is what's housing. That uh, is what's holding on, being the receptacle, the container for this flame, for the neshama. The neshama is called an air. Our physical body is created from earth. And the, the soul comes from the ipach uh, pa'ap of neshmas It's a breath of Hashem. Hashem is completely light, so to speak. The earth which our body comes from is base, so you have a base substance, the body, that's coming from earth, our souls taken from a place of light, and really our combined existence is a fusion, is a mixture of light and darkness, you hit us, the darkness is the guf, the light is the neshama, and we're constantly fused together, every person is essentially a light contained within darkness, cover listen, this is incredible, this is really the entire world. The entire world, which is a place of hiddenness, it's a place of darkness, but there's light everywhere you look. Our bodies are like a, are like a world. And you should know, you go through the Musr swarm they speak about how every person is a universe. Every person is a universe. The way the universe functions, being this mixture and fusion of light and darkness, is, is me, it's you there's a statement a little light can push away much darkness what does that mean now this is out there in the public world but it's from the khaibus we see from the physical world that there's a small the same way a small light can can light up a room so too when our nishama our flame is covered over and there's nowhere for it to reveal itself we all feel like we're groping around in the darkness when our neshama becomes revealed, our neshama functioning, our neshama out, our neshama lit, there's a light that we experience which sends away the darkness, which is the control of the body. And therefore when a person hasn't yet revealed his neshama, we're living in darkness, you could stare at a manairah, which is the light, mamish, the light of spirituality, the light of Rukhli is straight from the banish shleilam. We could Mamish have that in our homes, we could have that in our lives, but since my neshama is living in darkness, it doesn't see it. A person will experience life with if you don't if we don't reveal our neshama, we'll experience life through a dark lens. And when a person begins to merit the revelation of his nishama, the neshama begins to shine and he experiences what this light is. Okay. Now, says Bhavavi. What when I'm, when I'm pointing out with this is that it turns out that in essence there's two kinds of lenses that we, people go through life with. Either different people and we'll just say us being the same person. There's times when we view things through a dark lens, a base lens, a goof lens and there's times where we experience things through a light. Lens, a lens of light Spirituality In deeper terms There's something called Ayin Ra and Ayin Toiv The perspective of an Ayin Ra Comes from the view of the body When people view things With a Bad eye, critical eye, negative eye Stingy eye That comes from the body The perspective of an Ayin Toiv Positive eye Generous eye Looking for good eye Goodwill. That's the view of the Neshama. And there's different lenses in a person. It's not simply that there are different personalities. Some people are positive. Some people are negative. That's not what it's about, says Bavavi. Rather, Ayin Toiv and Ayin Ra are mamish how we experience life. It's not just, are you positive or negative? It's going to be your life experience. Either we're viewing life from the body and Ayin Ra or I'm going to experience life with an ayin t'ayv, Which is the neshama, the soul. Thus, the soul does not offer a clear view on life. In contrast, an ayin t'ayv is a view of light. Which is a pleasant and, and calming thing. These, these are root concepts of the neshama. The world we are in is a mixture of light and darkness. Which is a mixture of good and evil. And there's more, there's more darkness. It's mostly dark. What is the world looking like right now? What is the world calling out right now? When you look out at the world, and we leave Tyre, and we leave Ruchnius, and we leave the Rabbani Shalom, the world calls out darkness. That is simply the natural perspective of the world. The world conveys to us a message of unhappiness, pain, difficulty. It's a light of darkness. Yes, it's a life of darkness. It's not a place which is mostly good, pure, holy, and happy. And a person sees from a place where we are at now. So where am I right now? If a person has a dark lens in life, and my goof, my neshama is dominating my body. I'm sorry, my, my goof, my nishama, my, my my body is dominating my soul, so that my soul is simply cannot be is not revealed and is not functioning on all uh, on all cylinders. That person's gonna see a dark life in front of them. And if you ever view things with dirty lenses, things look dirty. Even if it's not necessarily so. But when a person reveals his neshama, he will see everything and he will see others with a clear lens when I just need to use my neshama to see things there and then he will see in people and in the world. He will see joy, he will see purity, he will see cleanliness. Not meaning that a person will be naive and not aware of reality. You could be aware of reality, but you could gain a view, a perspective, which is clear and clean. For example, when a person whose neshama is revealed speaks with others, even when it's asking somebody for directions, in you know, the classic Bovavi, giving us like a, a mamish, a day-to-day something that uh, we can, we can mamish apply, yeah? Like going to a store and seeing the Rebbein Shalom on the shelf, yeah? So when a person asks for directions, he'll understand you're not speaking to a body, you're speaking with a soul. That's my perspective, I'm seeing light. So when he asks questions to others, he's aware that he's asking it from his neshama. And when a person speaks from his neshama, the other person's neshama picks up on it. Because a neshama is receptive to another neshama. Wherever you speak from, that's where the person hears. If you speak from your body, the other person is going to hear from their body. If you speak from your nishama, the other person is going to hear from their neshama. The world today doesn't have that much speech coming from the soul. Says Bavadi. When a person meets somebody else and greets him, does he really mean from his, from his clarity, from his neshama, that that person should have a good day? When you say good morning to somebody, it's like it's etiquette, it's mannerism. Contrast this with the author of Sala who would practice saying good morning to himself, because he held that it was giving a bracha to others. You hear this? When he would say good morning to himself, Is just by him being revealed, it was revealed that everybody should have a good morning. Everybody was having a good morning when the author of Sala said good morning to himself. That was the experience of what that is. And this is a completely different, uh, completely different view on life. Malbish is a different view on life. You know, when you have, when you hear an ambulance, when when you hear it, when there's a police car, when there's a potential for a tzara, like what, what's our reaction? What do we do? Are we just curious, or are we like alive? Are we in it? Do we, is our immediate is our is our initial reaction to say a shir malas? Is our initial reaction to to connect my neshama to whatever that other? Uh, to whatever that other neshama is, uh, is going through. Okay, let's do one more uh one more, uh, nukuda, one more piece. Speaking at, so this is, again, Bovavi titled this the experience, right? Ex- how to experience Hanukkah. So we're, we're going to bring this around. When a person, not, not, we're going to take this idea and bring it back to Hanukkah now. When a person is talking, where is he speaking from? Am I speaking from my go for my neshama? So most natural speech flows from, he says, the external part of the neshama. Very often we do mean things, but it's coming from the external, the shell of the neshama. The more inner a person's speech is, the more it reflects, words that come from the heart, which should not just be limited to when a person saying, I love you or I feel your pain, it should be how a person speaks all the time. See, there are some people. It's an incredible thing. But we, we have to start noticing. this in people. There are some people. When they talk, they say something that's so simple. We know it. It's not a. It's not a chiddush, but it hits us. It hits us in such a beautiful way. For some reason, I'm like, why did that just hit me in such a beautiful way? I, I, it wasn't even like specifically profound, right? It was whatever, something I may have heard. Where it, coming, where it comes from matters. If a person uses their entirety of their neshama to say something, then my neshama is going to pick up on it in a unique way as well. And even if it's something that I knew, well guess what? Only my external part of my neshama or only my guf knew it. Now what you've just allowed me to do is allow my nishama in its internal, most internal way to know it. Hanukkah is a time of light, but it's not just a time to light a menorah. The light of Hanukkah specifically reminds us that the physical, our guf, is a container for the soul. My body's here as a cup and it's filled with something to house a flame. The other festivals are also spiritual light, but they don't take on any sort of physical form. There's no physical form of Pesach Shavuot Usoch. It's like the Hanukkah takes on a physical form. Why does Hanukkah specifically need to be like built into the Hanukkah? Is the Neiris, is the the physical flame? Why is that? Because Hanukkah specifically shows us that spirituality can be clothed with physicality. Now, these are not mere intellectual definitions, says Bovavi, but it's a practical view. And how to live our everyday life, which means we do a lot of things in a regular day. Person washes his hands. How do we do it? Okay, so we understand that you tell the brain to send messages to the body and allows the person to go ahead and raise the cup. When we say good morning to other people, do we do it with a little bit of feeling or do we do it, you know, the same as when I wash my hands? So we're going to say, oh, when you say good morning, you put more feeling than when you wash your hands. When you wash your hands, what's the feeling? It's pouring water. But how many times a day, week, or month, or year do we act from a real inner place in ourselves? There are people, says we have to learn to live inside of ourselves. We have to learn to speak and to exist in a deeper place on a more regular basis. And most people do not have access to the depths that is contained in themselves. This is such a powerful line. It's a powerful line. Says Bovavi again: the body is the goof for the neshama. Most people do not have access to the light that they that they do contain. It's there, and they simply don't have access because they're living with a goof dominated life, a body dominated life. A person who lives inwardly is somebody who lives with depth, constantly, on a regular basis. A person who lives with the deepest places of themselves. And the same way we use a sink many times a day, a person who lives life in an inner way is using places that he knows in himself all the time. A person usually accesses the inner depth only when there are extreme emotions, joy, grief. And it's very rare, it's uncommon for people to tap into deep places in themselves when we're not forced to, we're not forced to. So the question is, what do we do, yeah? We have to tap into depths. There's some, so many things that bring emotions out of us that wouldn't otherwise. There's times where we find ourselves just getting emotional, whether we know why, whether we don't know why, and in those moments, we feel we're really in touch with our truest selves, with our innermost selves. It's rare, and usually it takes an extreme emotion and an extreme case to be brought forward. But really, the depth that we recognize ourselves in should be, and we'd live a much healthier life if we're able to do it in a way. If we could be in touch with it constantly, right? But how much are we? Uh, how much are we in uh, in touch with this? So he says, like this. He says we have to recognize. That the purpose of everything is to recognize Hashem. If, if we don't, you can't recognize Hashem without recognizing yourself. So, as as we've been learning in other parts of Bovavi, skipping self recognition prevents recognition of Hashem. Okay, if if I'm not me, I can't know the other parts of me. And the deepest possible connection is is to Hashem. But we have to know and identify ourselves. Now, how do we identify ourselves? By knowing how deep our neshama is. And once I learn. And I work on. At least once a day. How deep my neshama is. I'll be able to understand. What Hanukkah is about. Because I'll be able to uncover. The flame. That's housed by my guf. The flame that's housed by my neshama. Alright let's do one more piece. And then we'll hold it here for tonight. Says Bovavi. I'm going to try here to explain what the deepest point of the soul is. It'll be hard to understand intellectually and emotionally because each person is at a different point, and each person's gonna be at a different point in their uh, in their understanding. But it says Bhavavi like this the deepest part of the Nishama, the deepest experience that our souls can know is to experience your very existence. What he titles Havaya. Okay? Again, the deepest part of the Neshama, the deepest experience that our Neshama could know is to experience our very existence. One's very existence is their deepest experience. This is not something that's the will of a person. It's not an aspiration of a person. It's not an emotion of a person. These are deep experiences. But the deepest experience is to experience my whole existence. Again, the deepest experience is to experience my own existence. A person needs to be able to remove all the external layers covering the neshama. And then I can experience myself. It's not a place of desires. Because that's a whole different. There's a place that's above desire. When a person purifies themselves through mitzvahs. Through states of purity. Through correcting our midos. We calm down our neshama. And we experience the neshama. When I experience the neshama. I feel my existence then. And it, it allows me to become aware of it. To become conscious of it. More often. The more I experience my neshama, even if it's at intervals, but I, I could go back to that experience and be able to live with it on a, on a daily basis. I want to tell you something. This is why trauma is so deep. Because the Rebbe put inside of us this truth that an experience takes you somewhere beyond, not, not beyond it takes you somewhere to mamish what you're experiencing. You're experiencing it now. Why do we have this kayach? Because it's supposed that that's supposed to be the kayach of the neshama to be able to feel our very existence all day. People are running around, and this causes people to not be in touch with the neshama. This refers to internal running as well, not just being busy with business, but people are always running in their head. Yeah, but we're always running. I'm always running. Yeah, we're always running in our head. Sometimes it's with desires, sometimes it's with plans, sometimes it's with vision. you know, a vision of something. They're not calm inside. Since we're not calm, we're not really reaching our neshama when there's so much movement. And therefore, people wonder what is the deepest experience. What is like the experience that I need? What is that? Says Bovavi. I want to tell you something. The deepest experience is to experience your own self. You can't live from your depth, though, if you haven't accessed it. When you do access it, you need to then live with it as often as possible. Sensibly, of course. This will reveal more and more depth to you as time goes on. And I want to tell you something. Even as we're talking, I am experiencing the truth of these words in a different way than you are. Because I we can only... Grasp What Bovavi is teaching us If we've According to the deepest level of experience Of ourselves that we've ever had We simply can't Tap into anything more than what we know In order to get to one's Own depth you need to first live daily With the deepest point Think about it And to to feel it throughout your day These are not ideas or opinions he says This is about life This is about life May we merit from Hashem to know our neshamas to realize our depths, our existence, and from there to reach the Vekas with Hashem, Amen. But I want to say something. This is how he's ending off this piece, going back to what he said on top. Why is he bringing this all down? And how does this how does this connect to Hanukkah? Because he says this is this is what what the light of the Menorah is doing for us. It's it's a physical cup. It's a physical cup, and. It's, it's holding a flame. It's housing a flame. And that's us. It's mamashos. And when we look at our minayurah and we light the menera we're supposed to notice that this that I'm doing here physically is my, is my existence. It's my reality. I'm supposed to learn to tap into this and to notice, yes, my hand, my body physically seems to be lighting this flame, but what is the flame? The flame is something that's much more it's a much deeper and more profound and it's a, a true it's a true experience of of what's going to be there and if we could experience Hanukkah in this way, it'll allow us going back to what Bavavi said in this in the middle it'll allow us to be in touch to grow and be in touch with ourselves, to understand ourselves on a deeper level and when that happens that's really the only way to have a true relationship with HaKadosh Baruch And then the picture is completed. But that's, that's the goal that the Menorah is teaching us to of how to appropriately experience Hanukkah, experience the cup, experience the oil, and experience the flame. Okay, we'll hold it here for this evening. Afredenchen Hanukkah and a good of Shabbos. Bez Hashem. We'll pick up next week, Be'ez